0: What am i singing anyway on the road again driving away from akranes in the would you say well it's hmm, it's on it's on the way north if you're going north or if you're going west in iceland it's this um town that's like in like an hour or so away from my home at least but like half an hour maybe from the capital half an hour 40 minutes and there, I was talking to the, the kids in eighth, ninth, and tenth grade, and what we discussed was just very typical stuff. It's it's when I go to a school for the first time, so the kids don't know me. It's it's different because I don't just do my like. Um, my my basic lecture. And I love when I've been able to meet the kids in maybe the eighth grade and give them a basic lecture and then I meet them again maybe two years later in the tenth grade and then we can really go in depth on some discussions. But uh, this was kind of, you know, just like a a typical, normal sex ed. Uh, Some of the girls had started having sex with other people and uh, were, well... At least one person did not place pleasure at the forefront of it, which is often the case, I am sad to report, with um, teenage girls. Uh, Their pleasure is not a part of the equation. It's like a side note. It's something that is an unrealistic expectation, uh, which makes me immensely sad, which makes me want to fight even harder for gender equality and just for equality for people so that sex can be something that we want, we desire it because it stems from a place that it's, it's good, it makes me feel good and not is fraught with um, anticipation of pain or uh, scary thoughts or feelings but I think we're all, all sex educators are working on that path and it's just gonna take time the reality of it. It's just going to take time. But, you know, we keep on keeping on. Um, and then for the guys, they were unusually quiet. And they were unusually, like, um, I guess if we can say laid back in some of the classes. And then I noticed that they had they a lot of girls in one of the classes. There's was like only probably like six or seven guys to probably 22 girls or something like that. And I think the guys really benefited from it. From, from that gender divide because um, the girls in that particular class talked quite openly about uh, masturbation, orgasm, periods and I think that's to their benefit because so often I hear teenage girls going but the guys don't want to hear it and if we're talking about periods they totally just scream and they're like, "Hey, it's so disgusting why do you guys have to talk about it? Ew I don't want to hear that and, and that's actually a common complaint with um, girls that guys... Are really negative and really don't want to hear them talking about periods it's like something that they are just because they don't bleed it's something that's totally unrelated to them or it doesn't affect them because it doesn't affect them directly that it shouldn't be a part of their life but of course I mean it's just a part of life it's just the reality of life Um, gorgeous scenery where I'm driving of course you know I'm always telling you guys about the gorgeousness of Iceland and this is gorgeous as well um, the weather is amazing. It's sunny. We had a beautiful yesterday with loads of sun, and I managed to get a couple of freckles on, which is always something to be happy about. Um, the grass is getting green, and soon we'll have the birth of the new lamp. So you might not know this about Iceland, but um, we have sheep everywhere, and I had a friend visiting me from um, from the States. He he lived in LA, and he came to Iceland to visit me. And we were driving outside in the countryside, and then he saw just like sheep by the side of the road, as you would in Iceland. Like you have to be careful not to hit the sheep when you're driving. And uh, he was like, "Oh my God, wild sheep! Wild sheep! What? What should we do? Do we have to call somebody? Do we have to notify someone?" I'm like, "No, it's just a free-range sheep. That's just the way we roll here in Iceland. They're just like everywhere." He's like, "But..." aren't they dangerous what if they will bite me or what What if they'll run towards me and just like I don't know be really aggressive I'm like well sheep are rarely aggressive they are really scared of you and usually they'll run the other way if you approach them in the slightest usually there's like one or two sheep who will allow you to get close but um well actually it's not that common you know it's one out of the uh, of the herd that in, in a huge big herd that might actually be friendly to human but the rest of them now I'm paying the toll uh, we, we we have a couple of tunnels in Iceland not that many and I think this is the only Kvalfjörðgöngin is the only tunnel that you have to pay to get into and I bought tickets earlier so I just have to hand over my ticket and then I'll be able to sail my way well not sail, obviously drive underneath um, Kvalfjörður which is the one of the first big fjords, I think you could say. It's not a fjord, exactly, but it's, it's a fjord, you know, Kvalfjörður, whale fjord, because in Kvalfjörður, oh my god, I don't know how to drive the car, the people in front of me. Ah, oh, yeah. Kontak! morning. Good Yeah, so there, they had the whaling station. So that's where, that's, I think, where the fjord gets his name, Kvalfjörður. I might be wrong about this, mind you. I'm not the maybe best source of some Icelandic information. But at least I know that they have a whaling station there and they used to drag the whales into the fjord and that's where they would slaughter them. And you can still see where the um, houses were, that they were slaughtered in the whole... I mean, it's still used sometimes. We don't whale as much as we used to, but they still do, I think, slaughter whales there. Um, every now and again, when they do catch them, uh, and it's a popular place to have a summer house. I used to have a summer house there—a little, teeny cottage that was like built sixty years ago and didn't even have running water. It did have electricity though, and it was close to a waterfall and a little stream, so we could go there and we got buckets of water to heat up for, you know, for food and for washing up and stuff like that. And It was really cute. It was really nice but um, we had to sell it to finance a house but also it was like teeny teeny tiny and with my two kids there it was just it was too crazy it was too crowded the kids were just bumping into each other and if one kid started crying the other would start would start crying because it, it was just so small and the noise would just get everywhere and I mean this is Iceland you can't always go out and play because the weather can be just quite unpredictable and very crazy and very cold and um, and they were just so small but if it were have, would have been bigger it would have been so nice to take the kids there now. They really want to go visit there again because we had this um, elf rock in the backyard yes you're going now elf rock as in E-L-F Elves? What? Um, There is a huge elf belief in Iceland And I think, you know, most people do believe in Álvar and Hultufólk So elves and, uh, I guess, hidden figures, hidden people Hidden people, Hultufólk, yeah, that's literal translation of hidden people and you, they, we even have a video, I'll, I'll put that in the description of this episode. Um, we have, even have a video that one um, artist did on elf sex. But you can find this in the, um, the myths, that, like old Icelandic tales and myths. And this is trickled into various literature as well. So there's this myth, if you are pregnant and you have sex with a hidden, an elf, or a hidden figure—you know, like they would visit you in your dream. Not so, not so far from like a succ- succubum, succubin. What's the word? Okay, so it's kind of it, it. It trails on the similar trend of if you're having um, sex with a ghost. But so, if you were pregnant and you'd have sex with an elf or a hidden person visit you in a dream and you would have sex with him that would um not bode well for the child so that might mean that your child would not um it would either be born stillborn or would not live for a long time so it's kind of was considered a curse but in 2012 um uh, a woman named Hildur Hildur Sverrisdottir who is now in politics in what you might call the Republican Party of Iceland, so that's She published a book called Fantasies, so it was in yeah, 2012. She asked people to write about, uh, not people, she asked the women to write their fantasy and send them to her and she edited, the, edited a book that contained those fantasies and it was only just like a, I think a maximum of thousand words or something, um, Per fantasy. And what was really interesting there is they were quite diverse, um, as fantasies often are, but there was a fantasy there that actually had hidden people and I thought that was so amazing. So when I grew up, like my grandmother, she used to discuss talking to the hidden people that they were, and the elves that they were helping taking care. They would help her take, take care of her flowers and her garden, and and she was like, you always have to be respectful. You always have to thank the elves and elf lore as you would call it, is something that you can actually, is often taught here and lectured about. And often when you're building a new road and it has this huge rock in it, you might even offer up blessings and um, ask permission to move the rock so that the elves will not damage the equipment. And you can like travel on that road without being hurt and this is actually this has come up quite a few times that people have we've had um various mm, elf friendly and hidden people friendly people bless certain roads and certain places if a rock ha has had to be moved so and i don't know it's just i think there's something beautiful about it and something cool and something Icelandic. but um I talk to my children like this and they love the elf rock that used to be in our summer home. And my daughter just said that she wanted to visit the elves and pay her respects because we're always respectful to the elves. We ask them if we can climb on their rock. We stroke their rock and we're like, hello elves, I hope you guys are having a good day today. And I don't know, it's something that I love that it lingers in our culture. I hope it never goes. And I just find it kind of respectful too other cultures even though it might not be you know a culture that we can see you understand it's just like acknowledging that there's more to this life than what might meet your eye you know just like tuning into that intuition and maybe that sixth sense I guess we all have it but that was a side note how do we get from pleasure and Talking about sex ed and getting into elves. Like I won't talk about elves in sex ed classes. You know, don't get me wrong. Um, I would if the kids would ask and we were to go there. Then I totally would talk about it. But usually it's not on the agenda. I'm just gonna pass this car because I don't think they know where they're going. So yo, my typical work day: woke up at 6:30, jumped in the car, drove over to this part of the country did three lectures bam 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 one on top of the other so three hours of lecturing now driving back picking up my youngest my son that raps before he gets breastfed I'm telling you it's the sweetest thing he goes and then he has that's kind of his um, signal that he wants to be breastfed and it's cute Um, yeah so now I switch on from sexologist mode to mommy mode one student as I uh, left the school he's like oh my god you're such a horny woman and I'm like well I'm not actually I'm not a horny woman and he's like but you've seen so many penises like how many penises have you seen I'm like I don't even I've never counted. There's so many. He's like, oh my God, see, see, you're so horny. And I'm like, well, that doesn't actually mean I'm horny, um, the amount of penises that I've seen. But I I didn't have the time to turn it back on on him. Like, how many penises have you seen, you know, when uh, in the teenager's mind? It's so easy to think, oh, she talks about sex. She must be horny all the time. Like, one student asked me, so how many times per day do you have sex? And I'm like, "Mm Yes, the lovely world of the teenager and its common misconceptions about the adult life. It's all about frolicking in bed, endless amounts of pleasure, and then being able to eat some sweet cereal for dinner, washing it down with chocolate milk, and having as much ice cream as you want for dessert. I remember when I thought that was adulthood, but then BAM! entered adulthood and not so much not so much maybe wait, when I'm in my 50s maybe that's when it'll hit maybe that's when that'll happen I'll just be frolicking in bed eating sugary cereal and ice cream together all mixed in one probably not you know because then I'll be all health conscious I'll be like oh I want to live till I'm 90 or something I don't know well This is uh, even my ponderings for today, a little bit of elves, a little bit of sex ed, a little bit of driving in Iceland. And feel free to um, IM me or uh, PM me if you have any topics or questions or anything that you want me to cover. I'm always open to suggestions. But I think we'll leave it at that for now. This is Sikaduk sexologist reporting on sex in Iceland. The people that 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 the that the people 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 that the